Welcome back to another episode of our Eagle Perspective podcast. I'm Mike Siciliano, Dean of Students in the Upper School. I'm joined today by two members of our incredible science department, Megan Ziegler and Brock Fellows. Good morning. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Can I confess? Can I start with a confession? So I ask an interview question when we're interviewing students in particular about coming here. And the question Mm -hmm. is, I know you can talk about what subject you love, but what's the one subject that is just really hard for you, that's a grind that you just have to get through? And they answer, and then I confess to them that mine was science. Okay? So I just want to put that out there at the start of like, science was a little bit of my kryptonite in school, but that only makes me grow in appreciation for the two of you who are incredible. So why don't we start, if you could each just real quick introduce to our audience a little bit about how long you've been at Santa Fe, what you teach here, and maybe some other things that you're involved in here. Yeah. So I've been here for four years. I'm involved in AP Biology and Honors Chemistry. Those are the two academic courses that I teach. Mm -hmm. And then this year I started to coach JV academic team, which is a whole new world for me. Megan has a lot more experience with it. Uh, (laughs) She's the uh, academic team She's the pro. Mm -hmm. And just in case people don't know what academic team is, like to to put this in the most sort of TV-ish way, it's like when you see TV shows and it's the kids on the stage buzzing in, answering the questions. Has a Jeopardy feel to it. There's buzzards. Exactly. Awesome. Team sport. Team sport. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. And Megan? I've also been here four years. Brock and I got hired the same year. I teach honors biology and AP environmental science, and I also help produce our um, upper school theater production, so fall and spring and summer. You guys are both also being like exceptionally humble because I can think of about 12 more things that you <laughs> Like, Megan, you've managed to integrate yourself not just into the shows. You are a grade level lead for us. Yes. You're currently planning one of our retreats. Yes. Right? Brock, you are speaking at one of those retreats, which we're going to get to your background, which is really interesting because yeah. you are also an ordained minister. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, I had been ordained at a previous church okay. and recently moved to a, a new church where I'm okay. hoping to start doing a pastoral internship there as well. So, awesome. Yeah. And I know you've like you've done a fair bit of preaching, which yeah. I, I think yeah. we'll get into this, but for a lot of people when they think science, they don't usually think, you know, someone who's preaching on Sunday. I mean, that's been a... Yeah, a, totally. A, so, <laughs> yeah, so I get we'll, a lot of kind of sideways looks when I, I say that to people. <laughs> the good news is so did yeah. Jesus. So you're in good yeah. company, right? Yeah. So um, so we'll, we'll unpack that for sure. I mean, I think for both of you, that's one of the, the unique things that you bring. Um, maybe before we get into some specific science stuff, uh, share with some of our listeners kind of your journey of how you came to Santa Fe and also, um, you know, your faith story and, and why science. So Megan, maybe you can give us a little background first. Sure. So why science, I think starts all the way back at the beginning. I've always been interested in science. I've been the kid that collected like little nature things and yeah. had a whole little collection in the garage, <laughs> um, had a nature fort. And then that kind of just evolved as I became older and was interested in science and I was interested in specifically in biological science. And so when I studied at Cal Poly, I just really grew into my love of nature um, and biology. And I never saw a conflict between my faith and science, but other people did. They're like, that's kind of strange that you're a Christian and that you love science. And I never saw the conflict. I, I think that it's the it's one of the amazing ways that I get to understand about our creator is yeah. by knowing his creation. Amen. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Getting to Santa Fe is an interesting story. I went to church with um, someone who works here, Janelle Rugi, and she said, hey, we're hiring a science teacher. And I said, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm fine. Thank you so yeah. much for thinking of me. And through a couple of persuasions and <laughs> her giving my number to Matt Hannon and us meeting, that's how I got to Santa Fe. And it's been a blessing. So I was super lucky because I got to sit on that interview panel. Yeah. And I remember that we had a, a couple candidates <laughs> who were really good. And then you came in and it was like you left. You don't, you don't know this but you left the room and we were all just like oh my gosh how do we get her to say Aww, yes thank so, you. Uh, and I know it was back and forth there because you it were was. in a really good spot I was. And, and you know you were well loved in yep. your community so so we're lucky to have you thank did you. you know you were going to be educator like from the get-go or well first I wanted to be the president okay and then it and then it <laughs> yeah. changed to lawyer and then it went to teacher okay but yeah since about five I knew I wanted to be a teacher okay yep. still presidential aspirations no absolutely okay, not no thank shame. you I'm okay right here right, where I'm I at vote for you. <laughs> oh no thank you no thank you okay um, and yep. and you picked a you each brought a mug yes do you want to share a little bit about yours sure this mug says people need trees which is biologically accurate it's scientific Even it's scientific I know that. yes yeah. um, and it's on content with what we're talking about in both of my classes right now but more importantly it's from an organization called plant with purpose that I love and support and they um, bring about economic and ecological restoration to communities and also share the gospel so it's kind of awesome. a mixture of all the things that I'm passionate about yeah yeah oh, super cool yep. I'll have to check that out yeah it's awesome Okay, and Brock, how about you? Yeah, my love for science started when I was very young. I remember in kindergarten, we had this science experiment where we took these trays and put milk in one, yeah. water in the other. It's probably kind of a standard kindergarten science experiment. Yep. We figured out which one froze first. Yeah. And um, when I did it, it turned out to be the milk. But that uh, stood out to me as... yeah. Um, just unexpected, yeah. you know, and um, opened up my eyes to exploring the world and testing things, and I just never looked back. My yeah. mom uh, is a nurse and has always instilled in me a love of science and always brought me to science-oriented things, and um, that just kind of progressed throughout my uh, junior um, high, and, uh, high school years, and it's been a great yeah. thing. And then it ended up culminating in me going to UCSD. I got a degree in biology there and uh, just really enjoyed my study of biology. In particular, I was really interested in um, biochemistry. Mm -hmm. I, cool. For my electives, a, lo a lot of students thought, well, I'll take some of the easier biology classes, but I took metabolic biochemistry <laughs> and uh, the, uh, yeah. I, I don't even know what that is. The Tough class. Yeah. Yeah. Tough class. I, that's one I would have been like, how do I not take that class? <laughs> Yeah. Also, by the way, you, you said, you know, pretty standard kindergarten experiment. And in my head, I was like, is this like an eighth grade thing? I also had no clue which would freeze first. So I'm just yeah. giving you like, that's where I am on the science yeah. spectrum. Yeah. So anyway. I, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. So yeah. I And then I took structural biochemistry, the neurological basis for memory um, and a bunch of other classes and just completely loved it. And after graduating, ended up working at a research lab at UCSD. And for quite a while, thought I was going to go um, the science route professionally because I was working in research. Um, I was offered a position at UCR to be a lab manager and to run a lab there. Um, but in the process of just about saying yes, 
I felt really convicted to study the Bible because I became a Christian early yeah. in college, and that desire for the time kind of won out, and I ended up going to seminary and studying there and getting a degree in biblical studies, and uh, there really enjoyed that as well. I yeah. learned uh, Hebrew and Greek and ancient Near Eastern history and ton of other challenging things. In, in many ways, I found it as rigorous as UCSD's yeah, biology. Sure. Um, but then coming out of seminary, I thought, well, what am I going to do? Because uh, <laughs> past, uh, pastoral jobs, uh, my wife had just gotten pregnant with our first. And, um, yeah. you know, the pastoral role that I was in, um, I was getting paid 20 hours a week. And it's like, you know, I, yeah. uh, I think I need to <laughs> find something else. And so I started to look back at just the, the whole uh, slew of education that I had had over the span of my life and thought, I love science. I love faith. Um, I don't know how many people I've told this to, but when I was in seminary towards the end of my last semester, I was Googling during lectures, like, who is hiring for science positions? Huh. And Santa Fe Christian was the first one that came up. And I thought, no I, I looked at the the website and thought, I'm not qualified to do this. There's no way. But maybe one day I can. And Aww. so. No um, way. So I did yeah. not know that story. Yes. Wow. So okay. it was always in the, the back of my mind that maybe one day something yeah. can happen. I, uh, so Santa Fe and the community here was like at the forefront of my teaching aspirations. Yeah. And um Anyways, I, I ended up getting a teaching position at Calvin Christian. Really enjoyed that school. Yep. Uh, just dove deep into science. There I, I was the science teacher for right. the high school. So yeah. I got to teach physics and chemistry, biology, anatomy, all of the sciences. Wow. And that oh really helped me to see. Megan and I just broke out into sweats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> having that many different. How many preps? <laughs> yeah. It was hard. Um, but. It showed me how interrelated all the sciences are, mm. which is really awesome because yeah. when I'm teaching chemistry, I'm thinking about, well, many of these students will go take physics. How can I prepare them best for physics? Or when um, I'm teaching them chemistry, I can think about them taking AP biology with me later and begin to make those connections already just because I'm aware of the curriculum content. Um, yeah. And I'll do the same for anatomy and so on just because I've seen most of the high school curriculum and have taught yeah. it in some way. Um, so yeah, that was a great experience. But again, Santa Fe was in the back of my head the whole time. So I taught there for a few years. And it's amazing to see God's sovereignty in this. Um, I actually <clears throat> ended up starting at Calvin Christian um, with another teacher um, who was connected to the school. And then through a series of events, kept finding more and more connections to hmm. the school and yeah. thought, okay, that original desire it's that God there. gave me to yeah. teach at the school is starting to come together. And uh, it kind of manifested in some of the um, connections mentioning to Matt, hey, there's this guy who really loves science, really loves faith. He wants to be um, a part of the school. And um, it ended up turning into an interview, which was a really cool 
fortunately for us. So. <laughs> yeah, the Santa Fe community yeah. has has this interesting way of just like even though it's you know relatively small, somehow it, it finds its way to to reach and find people in in these connection points that are pretty unique. So yeah, we're certainly glad that it worked out with you. You're obviously doing an amazing job. Um, so you've got a very different mug. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yeah. Why'd you bring uh, that one? Dad, you rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I have always had an My appreciation kids didn't for give it. me one like that yet, by the way. I'm just going <laughs> to. Interesting. But yeah. yeah. I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> so growing up, um, I would work in the yard with my dad and he'd play radio, you know. And yeah. so I would hear ACDC and Led Zeppelin and all of the classic rock. And that just instilled in me a, a love for. Um, classic rock. And then as I got a little bit older, got more interested in, in heavier uh, versions of, of yeah. rock. And the reason why it's so significant to me is because there was a heavier band in my city who preached the gospel. And so in high school, what I would do is I would go to local shows, which I don't think is much of a thing anymore, yeah. but it would be like church basements or right. coffee shops or whatever. A bunch of rowdy high schoolers would get together <laughs> And God used this band to bring the gospel to me. And so awesome. it is a kind of, uh, it's something that has stuck with me. Yeah. It, so, yeah. The, so uh, hard rock preaching science teacher. Yep. Yeah. Interesting okay. combo. I love it. <laughs> Very eclectic <laughs> interest. In, yeah. I love it. So. Uh, Megan, one of the things I remember in your interview was you were very kind of project-based, yeah. which I think has has proven itself true in the classroom. Uh, can you share a little bit about your philosophy in the classroom and why kind of hands-on is so important to you? Sure. I think as a teacher, we have such power to make our content either come alive, be interesting, be relatable, or to make it really like a drudge. So to your to your point about how science was not your favorite, that makes me sad. Not because you didn't have excellent science teachers, but for some reason it didn't just quite click. And many people have that experience. Yeah. And so when I first started teaching, I was working with students who had absolutely no interest in science. Like this is the farthest thing off my radar. This doesn't matter to my life. And I quickly learned that in order to be an effective teacher, I'm going to need to take the content and put it in a context that is approachable and applicable to the people that I'm teaching. And so as my students have changed or as my content has changed or my subject, that same framework still applies. So yes, we use a lot of projects. We use a lot of what's called phenomena-based teaching. So we take a naturally occurring um, something happening in the environment or something that's happening in nature and we talk about it and connect different ideas so that it has somewhere to live because content without anywhere to live is really just a bunch of facts and that doesn't help us. Um, you know, I can tell you people need trees, but it's more important for you to know why you need trees. So that's yeah. how I like to teach and so far it's been effective. Do you have a couple examples that you can share? Like I know that you have a brand new class this year. I do. A AP Environmental Science. Yes. First year we've had it. Yes. First and you're year already we've had it. like I think I saw you guys up in the neighborhood or something recently. Yes, we want a little mini field trip. So we are working on we had a project about sustainable sustainable development and how our buildings built and what are all the different components that an environmental scientist would need to speak into when buildings are being built. And just down the street from school there's a building project that's been in the books for a while. So we visited the site, we did some soil testing, we did some noise pollution testing, we read all of the documents from the city of Solana Beach and all the environmental science work that had gone in and made sense of the environmental impact. What uh, ecological niche does this little thing fit into or this little piece of land? And we looked at um, 
Like what, what will this building do to mm. the environment? How will it affect water? How will it affect traffic? All the different components to give students who are 17, 18 years old, yeah. a real taste of how is science practiced in the field? What does you know, all this stuff we're learning in environmental science? Yes, we make fun eco columns and we talk about plate tectonics, but how does this translate into a job? And they had a yeah. great time. And they loved a, a field trip. So I'm struck by so many things on that. I, I don't know what an eco-column is. But um, <laughs> I, I would say we we also, like, we've had Rod Gilbert, our head of schools, on talking about entrepreneurship and how important that value is for students yes. to learn. Mm -hmm. And so I'm even thinking through we have more business-minded students yes. who are going to want to build a building, yes. going to real estate. Um, you know, maybe have to build some sort of production, something for the business that they have. But this is pretty relevant to them, too. Absolutely. A whole world that I think a lot of students would have no idea would exist, you know, when they it's just I'm going to start this business and do this thing. Totally. And, um, so, you know, it is it is a real clear connection between, yes, it's science, but it's tapping into that entrepreneur uh, skill set, mm -hmm. you know, that we're hoping our, our kids leave with, which yeah. is pretty neat. So um, I know that kids always come by kind of raving about a lot of those experiments and, and things that you do. So good, you're doing an awesome job. Thanks. Trying um, to make it fun. Yeah. yeah. So how about for you, Brock? Like, what are some things in your in your head that are important for the classroom experience for kids in your science class? I had a really interesting experience in high school. Um, some of the first seeds to be planted for me coming into teaching actually came from my English teacher, believe it or not. Probably the most formative experience um, going through high school. He pulled me aside. I was in regular or college prep English. And he said, you know what? I think you should be in AP English. I think you should be in AP Lang. And I... So coming from the other direction, <laughs> I dreaded English. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, I know you you love the humanities. I've actually grown to love them as well. Um, but my English teacher reached out to me and asked me to be a part of AP Lang. And that terrified me because I thought I'm not uh, able to write a timed essay um, I take forever to read things because I process every every little detail and get hung up on things. Um, but he invited me in and he led me through this process of kind of struggling and failing, mm. but continuing at it. Yep. And he brought me all the way through and I ended up loving it, taking AP Lit with him my second year and passing the AP test. And that really... Uh, cultivated a love for writing in me, and I loved writing my college application essays. Most people probably don't like saying yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't like writing. Uh, but, after, <laughs> but after doing that writing with him, uh, it just developed this love that continued on. And when I got to seminary, for instance, I, I loved writing as well. But coming back to the classroom, I want to create an environment where it's okay to struggle. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think more and more the the culture is adverse to struggle and process and working through things. And so um, I think that doesn't serve us well in the long run, which is yeah. the, the challenge. Right. And right. so um, I want the environment in my classroom to be comfortable so that the struggle is not a, a dreadful struggle, but a, hey, the only way to learn is to put yourself out there, try, work through something, yeah. and if you don't get it, continue on. And so um, that is an important piece of my classroom as well as critical thinking. I, believe it or not, learned most of my critical thinking skills from my 
English teacher. Maybe you can believe it. I, yes. Yeah, you, you will sell yeah. me on that very yes. easily. So, um, yeah. But uh, I, I took a lot away from that. And so coming to the classroom, um, I, I love not just downloading content, having students download content, but to see the broader world implications of that particular content. And so one thing that I do is we watch fun fact videos that take what seems like a random uh, uh, chemistry or AP biology concept and applies it to the real world so they can see real world connections to the things that they're they're learning in class. Yeah. yeah. The, the struggle, the idea of struggle, another theme that we've talked about on this before, but so important because I, I feel like if kids don't ever have that in high school, they, they get out into the world and, and their whole mindset is struggle is bad. I have right. to avoid yes. the struggle. Right. I do everything I can to try, which is, a, is just a losing proposition. I mean, yeah. all mm-hmm. of us are going to have struggles, yes. right? Um, and so them getting that experience, kind of wrestling through that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, hopefully coming out successful yes. on the end and, and fighting through it is, is super valuable, maybe more valuable than, than the content any of us have taught. Yes. Right? yes. Um, so that's really important. We, we hinted a lot at the start of this about uh, the faith and science intersection, which yeah. is so fascinating, you know, and, and not new. And no. even, yeah. even as a history teacher, <clears throat> like going, you know, I taught AP U.S. history for a long time, and, and we'd get to the 1920s and 30s, and there's issues like the Scopes trial about science and faith, you know, yes. actually being in a courtroom. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not a new struggle, but it is one that is sometimes under a magnifying glass. Sure. And, and I think... There's skepticism on the part of scientists towards faith. There's skepticism yes. on the part of Christians towards science sometimes, or yep. at least certain aspects of it or certain versions of it. So how do you handle that as teachers at a, at a Christian school? Um, how do you see those things interacting? I see my role as a teacher, specifically for upper school students, to give them the facts and help them to build their worldview. Because... For most of their life, they are going to be navigating things in their own mind. How do I think about this? What do I think about this? If I'm not sure about something, where could I go for good resources? Where could I go to understand someone's perspective? So for me, it's very important that um, whenever perspective that we're um, currently teaching on, so we give kind of a wide variety of biblical perspectives in terms of things like origin of man or origin of um, the earth, I want to give them as much information as possible about each of those perspectives so that someone who does assent to that perspective would say, yes, no, that's exactly what I believe. Because students are able to critically think and they're able to reason. And there are lots of ways that that topic is handled. And they're going to live in a world where people think a lot of different things about science. And so rather than saying, okay, just you know, check these boxes or let's not talk about it. I'd rather give them context to talk about that content, to talk yeah. about, yeah, what do we think about science and faith? What does it mean to have a biblical perspective on that? What is in the limits of science? What's not in the limits of science? What is what is God's design for our understanding of science? What does the practice of science help us to do as Christians? Does it point us towards God? Does it point us towards his creation? Does it help us to understand him better, that he's orderly, that he's Mm. creative, that he's powerful, that he loves diversity? He loves um, just like, look at humans, for example, right? There's so many beautiful expressions of humanity and we're made in the image of God. So from that, I see God loves this diversity that he's created. Ultimately, 
you, though, I want to point my students back to God is creator, because that is going to stand in stark contrast to what the world's going to tell them, yeah. um, and that they are created in his image. And that is mm-hmm. unique and separate than any other thing. Yeah. And that's not, a, that's not something the world's going to tell you. The world's yeah. going to tell you you're an accident and just figure it out. And that's not what God says. God yeah. says, you are created in his image, and I have a purpose and plan for you. That's beautiful. I'm inspired. Um, so I and and I guess I would, I would I'll pivot to you, Brock, because you have, you know, such unique perspective, having mm-hmm. yeah. both been to seminary yes. and been a scientist. Mm-hmm. So uh, so how has that impacted? You know, what's this journey been like for you? Well, similar to Megan, I would say that I never saw an inherent conflict. Um, so coming, for instance, to the Psalms, we see. Uh, a variety of psalmists marvel at what God has created, and that turns upward towards worship. And that's not uncommon in the history of the field of science. So mm-hmm. you look at someone like Louis Pasteur, who um, is responsible for all sorts of innovations. The reason why we drink milk and don't get E. coli infections mm-hmm. or things of that nature is because of his sanitation methods and his growing awareness of like germ theory and, and that sort of thing. And so um, he said, the more that I study nature, the more I am in awe of God or the creator. It's a, a loose paraphrase, but yeah. his study of nature made him uh, increasingly desire God and want to worship God. And I think for me, that has always been the case. The more that I marvel at, you know, from the kindergarten stage, milk and ice freeze at different rates, yeah. you know, all <laughs> the way to um, looking at the biochemical um, world, um, for instance, something like ATP synthase or the flagellar motor. Of course, those um, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, those <laughs> bring me in great awe of God. And so coming yes. to the, the classroom, um, you know, you can focus on something like one of those uh, two examples, say ATP synthase. It's an amazing machine that's in many ways, what scientists refer to it as. It's, it's biological machinery. It uses this amazing uh, electrochemical gradient where you pump protons out of the cell and create a difference in charge. And through that difference in charge, the protons want to run back in, and they're captured through this amazingly complex molecule called ATP synthase that spins like a motor. So if you've ever seen like a water wheel, that spins as water it wheels. Water I got wheel. that one. Yeah. You have a got water that. wheel in your cell. Yes. Yeah, and okay. it generates an electrical current. This mm-hmm. captures that energy instead of electrical current as ATP, which is like the basis for all of the work that we do in the, the cell. And so it has all kinds of amazing things uh, in it that parallel the way that we would invent something. And so you see something like that and you think, wow, there how, is how a creator. Could this be random? There's an inventor, yeah. yes. And so coming to what Megan said, um, I believe it was Richard Dawkins who wrote The Blind Watchmaker. His argument is it's a happy accident um, and that we have to convince ourselves. This is kind of the modern um, uh, atheistic approach. We have to convince ourselves that what may look designed is actually not because it's just a, a, a random happy accident. Right. And um, I would come back and and point my students to the amazing fact that it very much looks designed because it is designed. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe actually we don't have to do that other thing. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we should yeah, look totally. at the evidence and <laughs> yeah. say it seems like this is intentional. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in, in in listening to both of you, right, a student goes through your class. Um, how is that helping them for life beyond Santa Fe? 
you know, they, they're coming to this realization that you're talking about. What is next for them in your mind? Yeah, so I, I think in the classroom, the, the goal is over the span of a student being here at SFC, there's an increasing exposure to alternative views out in the world. I think one of the most dangerous things we can do for students is not expose them to alternative views because when they go, say, away to college and they're exposed to views for the first time on their own on a college campus with most likely a majority of friends who uh, dissent or don't agree with uh, the particular conviction. Depending on where they go. Depending on where they go, yes. And that could vary Mm -hmm. from student to student. Uh, but my personal experience going to UCSD, right. I was in yeah, many in ways science, alone in my in science, program. especially in science. Yeah. Yes. And so um, having exposure to those things, having students think through um, design, for instance, um, evolution, atheism, age of the earth, some of the, the things that Megan has already talked about, um, it really cultivates, I, I think, in students um, – a rather than a fear and excitement to Mm -hmm. study and think through the challenging topics without um, this worry that somehow they're going to be one of the many statistics that we're seeing um, of students who are Christians in middle school or high school and then go away to college and abandon the faith. So I think it's a critical piece. Yeah, really important. And and noting, because we've talked about this some before, but there's an age appropriateness to that too, right? It looks different in kindergarten than it does in AP biology or AP environmental science, right? Absolutely. Those early years are, are much more formative and, and yes. core, but then, you know, speak, especially because you two both teach upper school AP courses yes. to juniors and seniors, Yes, you know, at that level, some of that exposure can be, can be really important and yeah. grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about for you, Megan, as far as a student has, has finished your class, Yeah, what are you hoping they walk away with besides just scientific knowledge? I mean, I want them to love science. I want yeah. them to love biology specifically. Chemistry is great and all, but bio <laughs> is really where it's at. I think truly, There's no. There's a difference? The, yeah. Okay. I yes. know. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> hey, but I love biochemistry. Well, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Split wow. the yeah. middle. Okay. One, one upper guy over middle, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For my freshmen, my goal for them is to understand how to think critically, how to ask good questions, how to reason, um, how to communicate. One of the first things I actually teach my students is how to write an email because far more than just photosynthesis, you're going to need to write thousands of emails in your life and you're going to have lots of different bosses. So we talk about tone. We talk about how do you communicate and get what you want. Um, For my juniors and seniors, my goal for them are the same, right? Think critically, communicate clearly, understand that the world is interconnected. Whether you're studying business, whether you're studying uh, environmental science, whether you're studying history, that concepts connect together. They are interwoven, and the complexity of that allows for us as Christians to speak into those spaces. If we are well-versed and well-rounded in our education, then we are able to um, appropriately add to those conversations or to add to them intellectually. More important, though, I think is that students understand the power of mentorship because when I was a student at Cal Poly in my pre-med classes sitting there going, oh my gosh, I've never heard of any of this stuff because, you know, I don't, okay, I don't know what to think about that. It's not the teacher that I went to, it's mentors. It's people from home. It's people who spoke into my life. It was people who were there and were consistent and showed up and proved themselves to be trustworthy that I then went to for advice because life is full of 
times that we don't understand what to do. We can't have infinite knowledge, but we can have people in our lives that God brings that help us to navigate those situations. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is such a, um, obviously a core value of ours, mentorship. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, the, the idea I think that actually can give parents a lot of freedom is our students, you know, it's not about making sure they, they have it all perfectly right. by the time they leave so right. that they're, they're ready to withstand any single thing anybody right. might say to them. Right. And, and what I hear you saying a little bit is some of it is actually process. Like yes. what's the learning process? What do you do when you're confused? And then some of it is the relationship and the mentorship of who do you go to yes. as part of your process? Yes. So if they're leaving your class with that, I mean, that is, you know, so much more valuable than having the right answer to every question mm -hmm. they might get asked. I'm also going to personally say thank you for the email thing. I'm so You're glad so you welcome. brought that up. Yeah, it like, had to be done. It had Someone to be done. had to do it, we and did, I'm happy to do we it. We did get to a space where teenagers would write emails, like the email would come in. First of all, they weren't writing emails or reading them. That was a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And then um, we'd get these emails that are – like I would get emails that uh -huh. it, there was no greeting or like like it was just like, I need this thing. Yeah. I'm like, you nope, know, that's not going to work. I'd be like, hi, I'm Mr. Siciliano. You know, so now, now you do your thing the beginning of freshman I year, do. right? Yes. And I, and I get these emails that are like, dear Mr. Siciliano, I hope you are having a lovely day. Yes. I was wondering, and I'm yes. just like, oh, Meg, Megan did her thing. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. getting these, these, yes. so thank I'm you I'm working for that. on the lovely day thing. I truly am. Because <laughs> what I tell the kids is like, look, you don't actually care how my day is, but just be respectful uh, yeah. in your tone. I, I, I want to think you do, even if you don't. Okay, for, <laughs> you know, that's for you, that, they that's will like, continue yeah. to do it. For so me, I'm like, good. get to the point. Yeah. Like, what so, do you need? What do you want from yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> you guys have both just ingrained yourself into like that. so many of the daily things beyond your content area, which is awesome. Yeah. And just such the nature of a Santa Fe teacher. So um, we're super grateful for you. I think you're both, I don't know if I can talk about this yet, but are you both doing some traveling this year? I know you're doing some traveling this year. I am doing some traveling this okay, year. Okay, so you're on France? I am on France. All right. Yes. So as we as we send our global ministry teams out once again this yes. year. So that's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. And then for you. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see, February mm -hmm. and April. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Easter awesome. break. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, I can't say thank you enough for the job that you're doing. Thanks for joining us today. You won me over on science a little bit. Yay. Good. You know, yes. I mean, it's still, yeah. I'm still humanities guy, but That's I mean, fine. I, you know, I have yeah. a, an increased appreciation. There's space for all. Yeah. That, yeah. Good. Thanks. The true science and the social yeah, science. I, yeah. I appreciate oh. <laughs> uh, We don't have time. I can't even remember that. So. Uh, thank you both for being here and, and for what you're doing. Thank you for those of you out there listening or watching. Really appreciate you joining us. If this is your first time, we have other episodes episodes of our Eagle Perspective podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and elsewhere where podcasts are available. We look forward to seeing you again soon.